Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by a man who has a mini-me right beside him, Mr. Maddie I hope she's not a mini-me, because I hope she's much better than me. But, uh, yeah, no, the well, little one's just... possible? She's... Oh. <laughs> so she has input. She's got input into the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. She's got input into the show this week. She's got something. Oh, to she's say. tons of fun. <laughs> my goodness, just uh, trying to get on the show. Everyone's trying to get on the show. You know, it's a it's a very popular show. <laughs> that everyone wants to be a part of. Uh, the lineup as well as uh, Mr. James Key loves to be on the show as well. Hello, James. Hello. Oh, there goes the baby. Bye. Oh, there goes my niece. Out the door. Yeah. Swiftly picked up. That's the thing, man. Like when the thing when you're a baby, you have zero choice about your environment. Like you have nothing in a moment's time, you could be it dude, it's like it's teleportation. That's teleportation. One minute you're in one room, the next minute you open your eyes, you're in another room because someone lifted you and moved you well, into another room. We were actually talking about that. It's could you imagine what it's like where you're doing something, you're playing with a toy, you're playing with some game or something like that. All of a sudden you're over. just picked up. Yeah, and you're just being carried, and you have no control over it, and you're just like, all right, well, I guess I'm going over here now. Yeah, right. Like, it's, <laughs> oh, now I'm in the car. Yep. Or, yep. now I got a cookie in my mouth, like. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Wild times as a baby. I mean, it's it's a pretty sick life, though, to be a baby, if you think about it. You know? You don't really have to do anything but play in terms mm-hmm. of you having to do something. Everything you else don't is done You have to wipe your you. own ass. I mean... I pay a lot of money right now for someone to like wipe my ass for me so I could just shit and then have but like someone thoroughly, clean it up. Like, like thoroughly, like do a good job. Like I'm talking yeah, like, like don't half ass it. Like a mini pressure washer. Like give me the, give me the. It's called a bidet. Yeah. Give it me sounds the, like you want a bidet. No, but I want some, I want someone to do it though. Well, like I want like, to aim it. Like, you know, you know, I, I want, I want the <laughs> like deluxe. At, I want the deluxe at shell. <laughs> that's what I want. Give me that foaming multicolored soap. Give me <laughs> soap. You get a blow dry at the end. This sounds like a whole ordeal though, because then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get naked. If I'm feeling there frisky, will be splashing. Give yeah. me the old car wash where the rubber things are just on my ass. <laughs> just give me that. Sp- spanking you on your ass as it goes. <laughs> give me that. Yeah. He doesn't even want to like move. He wants to be no, put no. on a conveyor and let stuff. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just face down. <laughs> just face down on the conveyor, just all the way through, right to the wax. You know, it's kind of like thing. a massage table, right? You just sit on top of it and it'll just roll you through. Yeah, exactly. That heater That's though, it. to get like the flash dry, that would be hot as shit. You think so? I don't think. I think it's just air. No, man. Because well, it's no different than when you go to a public restroom and they have the hand dryers, right? It just yeah, be a really I stick big my one. ass under one of those. Not that I have. No, but man. I, would. I, I take my I take my foot out of my shoe and I use like the top of my sock to dry my feet. Or a blow hands. dryer on on level two, right? It's got to be like I've that. never used a blue dryer in my life. It's terrible for your hair. And Which I've is weird. Nice hair. You have um, it does damage your hair. That's true. But I yeah. use a blow dryer every day. Which is good for shaping your hair and styling it. Yeah, it's great for stuff. I use zero product outside of cleaning product for my hair. I don't use any gels, pomades, mousses, nothing. I will make sure. So I have a very, very, and as Jim knows, a very strict hair care routine. I 
have like eight different shampoos depending on what I did for the day. So like man, for if, a decade, this man just used Perp Plus. This guy is talking yeah, about for, a. And this yeah. guy's saying I don't use pomades or anything like that, but I have eight different shampoos, forty six no, chemicals. So no, because I need different shampoos. So like if I if it's a colder, drier type season, I need to use one shampoo. If it's too hot and it's humid and it's a little bit more moisture in the air, then I got to use a different shampoo. If I was outside in the sun, it can dry out more. So I need a more moisturizing shampoo. Do you bring your own shampoo to the gym? No, I shower when I get home. Oh, so you're, oh, okay. Public showers are a cesspool, bud. But I'm wearing fucking slippers, all right? Don't worry about the cesspoolness. No, but then like your hands are touching shit and you have other dudes up in your jollies. No, I'm not. I ain't, I ain't into the public showers. I did enough public showering growing up playing sports. I don't need to do more public showers in my adult life, okay? Let me, let okay, me tell well, you the what do you benefit. Feel about, what do you feel about the saunas back in the day? Like the good life sauna. I used to, I used to sit in no. there with the, the old Russian dudes. Yeah, the old Russian dudes just where you're supposed to have the towel around your waist, but they're just free balling it. Yeah, and they're just dumping loads of water on the uh, on the heater <laughs> for the steam bath. You can't breathe. These guys are in their army training. Yeah, a um, schwitz is what they call yeah. it. Yeah, well, yeah, big schwitz. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't like public showers. But yes, I have a very strict hair care routine because I gotta take care of it for different situations and. Uh, once a week, I do like a really deep scrub where I like get really deep scrub into the scalp and the hair and whatever, where it's like 10 minutes just to wash it. And then the rest of it is more of like a light wash to keep it nice and healthy and bouncy and wavy. And then, uh, you know, yeah, I just, and then I make sure to, I do a light pat dry to get like the dripping wet out of it. And then I air dry the rest. Let me tell you. <laughs> the benefit of the gym shower is that Zero. I'm not paying for any of this product. It's so I can bush use, league, though. Bro, I can Dude, use... Dude, it looks like jizz, though. Two handfuls of shampoo if I want. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I understand that. But in the container, it looks like jizz. It's the shampoo that looks like jizz, which is really, really weird does. when you're in a shower that only other men have used. Because then I start thinking, some dickhead's going like, to I'm going to prank everybody and jizz in this fucking... In, in soap container and then they're all going to wash their hair with it like you know what i mean <laughs> Dustin scrubbing <laughs> that, his beard. that contemplative <laughs> stares like you think <laughs> like dude fuck. i've seen van wilder those dudes just in a donut like <laughs> oh yeah oh guest. man speaking of kids <laughs> yeah yeah we have we have another child waving at us right now that's yeah. fantastic perfect timing oh. as well um we have a lot to talk about on this week's episode, we're going to talk about seven in a row, a lineup log jam, the Winnipeg Jets, everyone's favorite clothing manufacturer, Fanatics, and the Blue Jays have announced their 2024 promo schedule. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. But first, before we do that, we'd like to talk about what happened in our week since the last time we gathered around these microphones to have another episode. And this week was a little different than the last couple of weeks in terms of my week, but we'll get to that in a second. No, you kick about, it off. We we always go okay. first. You go first with your week, man. 
Well, I always I usually go last because I like to transition it some way into what we're actually talking about. But well, I'll, we're I'll testing your skills on transitioning from what we had. This oh, you evening, know what? Let so. me you know what? let me go first for a second because mine ties to the hair. All thing. right. Okay. So that's a good transition. So I got a haircut, <laughs> but I had like this. I had like a moment in the middle of the haircut where I realized that like a haircut is like extremely delicate, right? Like I had a moment realizing how delicate it was, and I'll tell you when that moment was. When so the the lady that did my hair this time, which I've been going to now, I, I go between two different people. There's one guy who's like next to my building, and a lady at the mall who's really good. I've been going to lady at the mall because she's been consistent and kind of like a goaltender. Until you fuck up, you got the net, right? So that's right now <laughs> she's got the net. So but what's cool about this is it's not a very expensive haircut, and she does a nice cleanup. Like she like she shaves like the eyebrows down. Right, like she trims them and keeps them clean. So the, the edges, she she did the middle, and I was like, dude, like I've never known to have you. Like, is there something I don't know that no one's ever told me? Like, because I, you know, I feel this. I'm like, then I think I'm like Anthony Davis, and then in that moment, I was like, I'm one person calling my name away from going full Charlie Villanueva. Like I'm, <laughs> like if I go like this, it's game over for this entire <laughs> entire eyebrow. Like I'm fucking powder. Right, like that's, you know, no ho Hank from Barry is one. Someone just goes James, and I go like this, and it's game over for those eyebrows. So I, in that moment, then I stood, I sat very, very still, and I was like, if anyone calls my name, I'm not answering. I'm just looking straight ahead, not moving, because then what do you do, right? If she gets one eyebrow, I mean, you the next course, the you got to do the other. No, you got to right? get the permanent, sh- get the sharpie out. Like, uh, well, like Uncle, uh, Uncle Leo. <laughs> Why are you angry? I'm not angry. I was gonna say, your eyebrows are a little more like down and narrow than usual. Like, you almost yeah, kind of look like a good job. Sure. Uh, we joke about the Uncle Leo, but there are many women today who do exactly this. Like, they will oh. shave off their eyebrows and like tattoo on something else. So I was like, all right, sure. Which is, you know, wild. like, I. Eyeliner tattoos a thing, so like yeah. instead of having to do yeah. the black eyeliner, women just get it tattooed now. Have you seen Adam Schefter? No. Adam Schefter, I don't know what happened. That dude always looks like he's wearing eyeliner. Look him up. Every time okay. he's on TV, I'm like, why is this man wearing eyeliner? Oh, Adam Schefter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he kind of does, no, no, but nothing like the dude in the Dark Knight. Dude, the you mayor. Know, the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> why is that man wearing eyeliner? Only Batman so, can wear eyeliner in that film. I respect it, though. Like, what? if you are... Hold on, hold on. I mean, here's something that we never have to deal with. I don't think, at least. Is putting fucking makeup on every day. Yeah, but we got to deal with sweaty nuts. Also, yeah, you're not playing the Black Parade. Granted. So you don't have to... Oh, no, I'm not saying for us. But, I mean, I know there are some women out there who've, like, yeah, like you said, got the eyeliner tattoos or get the eyebrow tattoos or I've seen like some women get their lips tattooed to be like a yeah. darker shade of red, so you never have to put lipstick on ever again. It's like this this makes sense to me because no, the amount no, of no, time. No, no. But who are you doing that for, right? Because my argument is sometimes them, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Sometimes less is more. Do- okay. Yeah, who are they doing it for? I think, for the most part, it's so they save themselves the time from having to fucking do it all the time. Okay, but who who are you doing that for anyway? I don't know. That's societal bullshit. Who knows? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's that, but that's like asking me who you who you shaving for, right? Who are you getting your haircut for? Yeah, who are you getting your eyebrows done for, James? 
Get your fucking uh, yeah, Anthony but I think Davis removed. Is there is there an argument to be made that I look significantly better with mangled hair? I mean, I've seen you with hair as Would, long as mine, and it's not not because all I'm saying is sometimes natural look for some women, like other, other than the the Mimi Bobek from the Drew Carey show, which is a big throwback. Um, <laughs> Mimi Bobek, remember Mimi Bobek? So no, okay. You dude, you never saw the Drew Carey show back in the day? I never watched the Drew Carey show. Now, whoa, Ryan Stiles, Diedrich Bader, that thing was huge. It was pretty funny. Drew Carey was also huge in that show too. He was fat. Um, Mimi Bobek had like clown makeup on. And sometimes I argue that, you know, some women look better. Oh, natural. okay. I know who you're talking about. So what I'm saying is, is like, if sometimes they go, well, I do it for me. It's like, mother, you don't walk around with a mirror in your face all day. Like, you don't, you, you know what you look like with makeup on for six minutes. You know what I mean? So, and maybe, no, but I, maybe it's a feel I thing. Think it, yeah. It's more of how you feel about yourself, right? Like. This morning when I shaved, I'm like, I feel so much better for shaving. I thought you were going to say this morning when I put on my makeup. <laughs> yeah. I put my foundation on this morning. I felt great. Yeah. No, I but felt better when I shaved this morning because it just, sorry. yeah, you just feel like you feel disheveled if yeah. you're not shaved and lined up and whatever. So I feel like it might be a similar experience for women who are used to wearing makeup. If there's a day where they don't wear makeup or whatever, maybe it feels liberating. Maybe it feels disheveling. You know, it just all depends on the person, I guess. I can understand that because like, especially when I get like the neck hair growth, I, I get, I go nuts. Yeah. Like yeah, it just, that's, that's you feel way. fatter. But I have to leave it. There. I have to leave it for a little bit though. Because if right. I don't, shaving it every day, very irritating. Like irritant. Yeah. Very red. You know. Get a get a manscaped shaver. I, so I have like an electric shaver that I use. I have manscaped and a lawnmower 2.0. Big fan. But yeah. I was going to say 5.0 now, aren't they? I know. Dustin, see, but the, unlike us, Jim, who has the traditional Irish complexion of pale as fuck, Dustin's got like the nice base complexion, right? He does so really. like if you, you right, like he just naturally glows. Where yeah. we just naturally look like a jar of mayonnaise. Mm. Yeah. So, like, you're you're lucky. You got like a perma wrestler's tan. We're like Seamus. Yeah. And, you know, as Arn Anderson always said, uh, fat looks a lot better tan than not. Oh, thousand percent. That's true. It's also what, you know what? I think subconsciously, it's probably why I have some, like, essentially, what, half of my upper body completely tattooed. Is because I'm just so I don't embarrassed. Know if fat looks better tattooed. <laughs> I don't know. That's it. <laughs> there you go. No, but uh, it's it's because of the pale skin. Uh, to be honest, because like I imagine, know. What do you want to tattoo? Just tan. <laughs> just like it makes me feel tan. better about myself. I just <laughs> I was just this is a bronzer. Just <laughs> a tattooed bronzer. Yeah, do you I'll have bring a picture of Boston. Tattoo me like this. Yeah, so that I don't have oh, to geez, tan like in the summer. It's like that episode of the League where he takes a picture of Carmen Jello. It's like you're a perfect <laughs> shade of uh, what the fuck was the word they used for it? Um, god damn it, cinnamon. That was it. It's like you're a perfect shade of cinnamon. That's what my yeah. daughter wants for their walls. So he yeah. took a picture of the dude <laughs> who is uh, Keegan Michael Peel, and he's like, "You're the perfect shade. Like this is what I want." Anyways. Yeah. I would say hilarious you're more, episode. You're more, you're kind of like an autumn rust. I was gonna say autumn, autumn too. Rust. Yeah, like yeah, you have a very autumn you, nature. Yeah, to you. and it's like very warming and like. I'm gonna take a picture of you and then go get myself tattooed. 
<laughs> that might also be be because the lights I have on me right now are very warm. So I got a question. Do you burn or do you tan? Um, it depends. Generally it- speaking, I tan. But unlike what people probably think, I do actually burn if the situation is yeah, right. Yeah, dude, I burn though. Yeah. Like you, ask Brad Myers by the time minutes. we went out to a concert and he's like dude I was probably like, there it's the warp tour yeah and he's like Jimmer you need to put some sunscreen on and I was wearing a tank top that year you remember huh yeah, yeah I remember goes, we were all wearing yeah. tank tops dude <laughs> I was I was bubbling like I might it was bubbling like I was cooked sir yeah. and Brad was like it's your own fucking fault and he was right because I should have listened to Brad I had sunscreen in my in my bag so I was my, applying it liberally my buddy Brendan who I've referenced a few times he's Guyanese that dude just goes like a darker, like a much darker shade of brown. Like he doesn't burn. He just goes like crispy. Mm. And it's, it's weird because he's, he, by his terminology, he's kind of like a pale Guyanese guy. So like, he's still pretty brown, but more on the paler side in comparison. So the funny thing is, is because we work out together and he, will tan and get really dark on his arms and his face and stuff. But when he wears shorts, <laughs> it's really white or whitish. It's hilarious. I'm like, bro, you've got to like wear the, the mankini and just even that shit out. Or just yeah. wear long pants all the time. No, I'm like almost permanently in shorts. Like even in winter, I wear shorts all the time. But anyway, your weekend, Dustin. Was that everything you had there, James? Yeah, that's fine. I'm good. I'm tapping out. <laughs> okay. The main thing I want to talk about is the fact that we had to get up at 5 a.m. on Saturday. Now, I didn't have to, but mm-hmm. it was Elimination Chamber in Australia. Oh. So I had to get up and watch Elimination Chamber. This is what I... So I said what I was going to do. It just record it, and I'll watch it later. And I thought that'd be a fun thing to do like on a Saturday afternoon or something not worry about it but I just woke up on my own power at like 4 30 in the morning I was like well I could just roll over and turn the TV on <laughs> and then there I am at 4 30 in the morning watching the pregame show of this stupid fucking paper I don't care about um, and I shouldn't say that because I actually did enjoy it but anyways what I will say about it two major things one that Australian crowd this is what's so cool about doing all these events in different places because they just so badly were. Every you know, show looks like the best show they ever put on. Yeah. Well, because they didn't ever get it. Dude, yeah. it looked like, like Mania. It, they used the Mania mm-hmm. ring setup. I mean, yeah, it was a huge like cricket stadium or something. It was, it was awesome. Those people didn't even care. They were sitting on lawn chairs. Do you see the picture of the chairs on the field? They're lawn chairs. They're white lawn chairs. Mm-hmm. What, what does the color of the lawn chair have to do with it? It's just a lawn chair. Well, I mean, white clearly is not nearly as important as any other color, right? So. <laughs> Touche. Continue. It's definitely not a bronze. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely not a cinnamon, that's for sure. Or an autumn roast. I will also say, Logan Paul. I know we talk about a lot on this show. He's, and we, he's made And we this. give that guy props all the time on the show. But man, did you see the video that he put out on his social? He's drawing in the chamber. So, Maddie, I don't know if you saw this. No. The elimination. I'll look, chamber. It, I'll look it up right now as you go, though. 
So he's in the elimination chamber. What normally guys do in elimination chamber is stand there and there's waiting until their name is called and then they enter the match. Logan Paul, man, just always thinking outside the box. I feel like he's not like he goes into it not thinking like a wrestler and not he's accepting. Like yeah, like, like he's not accepting creator. norms. He's like, how can I do things differently from maybe he's not even thinking that like he just thinks differently because he comes from a different world, right? He thinks about clippable moments like he thinks in that that mindset. How can I create these short little slivers slices of shareable moments and while he's in the elimination chamber he's like he clearly has a wireless microphone in his hand or something that's connected to like a cell phone that's filming him or whatever and he's got a little sharpie and he's drawing devil horns on himself and he's he wrote kevin sucks on the and the fat glass (laughs) and then like he draws like a bug he's like that's that's kevin owens right there that's like accurate to his size and then just hard cuts to Kevin smashing Logan Paul's head into the plexiglass. I'm like, this yeah. is fucking cinema, okay? This is yeah. perfect. I also Very appreciate good. the fact that he wrote Kevin Sucks backwards because he would have had to have inside the pod like for it to be readable on the camera on the other side of the pod. So just... That's know. clever. Yeah. It's, a, it's small he, shit like that that can make a difference. <clears throat> and he took nasty bumps through... Like he took a spear through the, the pod. So, like, the guy doesn't shy away from anything. You know, I feel like I'm, we were at that age now where it's like, back in my day, you know? Oh, we are. But do you remember back in our day of the Elimination Chamber in some 2003 or whatever it was? That was like some real fucking glass back then. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like, and like the floor of the Elimination Chamber now is just like padding. But back then when they first made it, was the, chamber, the chain. It was, like, it was like the metal chain shit. It was like a chain or a grate, or it was metal. <laughs> yeah, so guys were taking was, bumps on that, and it was nasty sounding. It was like stage metal that you would yeah. use to like walk upstairs for a concert or something. Yeah, like DJ Khaled. Did you see that? He didn't want to get his Jordans dirty, so he got carried from the fucking truck. Yeah, to the stage. Just take off your or shoes. He got, right. No, but then he'd be walking through mud, and he no, got the inside of the shoes dirty. It was sand, not even mud. Well, whatever it is. But he didn't want to get his Jordans dirty. So from his like hotel or wherever he was staying, they carried him into the back of the truck and then out of the back of the truck to the stage stairs. It's fucking stupid. It is very dumb. Dude, that's fuck you money. But, that's what that is. Yeah. Like, fuck you. I'm not walking. Carry me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially when oh, you're like 500 pounds. I got one other thing. I was going through. Actually, no, I wasn't, but it doesn't matter. I was going through Instagram, essentially, and I came across some pictures from Northern Crown that happened a couple weeks ago. I've posted about it on social media. If you're not familiar, it's a wrestling company that I work for. And this was a picture from a fan who said something along. I might be able to find the actual post. There it is. Um, Went to my first wrestling event at Blood Brothers this past Sunday, and damn, did I have a good time. I'm like, that's cool. You know, like I like to see stuff like that, like someone who's never been to wrestling before and like yeah. what their opinions are of it because it's fucking weird if you've never like experienced this sort of thing before and especially the show at Blood Brothers because there's a lot of beer usage in like every match and Aiden Prince jumped off like a, a massive tw- like 15 20 yeah. foot high vat and yeah cool as shit anyways it doesn't hurt that this particular person is quite attractive so like I go to her profile like see what this person's up to right and like 
everything is about like her and beer. I'm like, hey, that makes sense. Like you're at a wrestling show at Blood Brothers. That's probably why you're at Blood Brothers, etc. Right. But here's the thing. Then Instagram feeds you as soon as you click on this person's profile suggested for you like other people to follow. Let me show you. I'm going to rattle off some of these accounts of porn suggested stuff? for me. No, um, I, okay. I'm not even going to click on them. I'm just going to read whatever it says. So it's, some of them say dot, dot, dot. So it's, mm-hmm. I can't read the full thing. But the first one, craft brews and don't know what the and is, but it's a pr- another pretty girl. Next profile, another pretty girl. The spilly drinker. Next profile, another pretty girl. Amanda and Herb, probably a beer type thing. Next profile, Gabriella something, girl with a beer in her hand. Next profile, crafty half pint. Guess what? A girl with a beer. Next profile, a blonde with a brew. Guess what? Girl in the beer. So, so I think I, I yeah. I, Instagram uh, thinks you want drunk girls. I yeah. no, I'm just I didn't know this like you section creep? of the internet existed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you creep. Like this is no no. I'm just, all I'm saying is there's so many weird niche things on the internet, and I'm aware I'm in that niche. I'm this fucking like brown dude who does wrestling announcing. There's that there's a circle of the internet who have no fucking clue I exist in the world. Don't fetishize so, yourself. I mean, that's probably a good idea. I'm just saying, I didn't know attractive craft beer, attractive girl with craft beer was such a widespread common thing. I mean, I think it was five years ago when everyone was. Was it really? IPA, you know, check out my, it's got hops, (laughs) whatever the fuck, right? Needs more hops. Citrus. (laughs) Yeah. Belgian moon, right? So, I don't know. (laughs) You're just catching, like, up. You just catching think, up with there, you. There's, it's, there's, everything has like a, a culture. So like beer aficionados is a thing. And if there's a culture that exists of it, you're going to have a subculture of girls who are good looking, who are going to capitalize on it. The internet has infinite corners and you just yeah. landed in one. That's all. It reminds me of that guy who like dressed mm-hmm. up as an e-girl to make money on Twitch. Have you seen this? No. Is this some dude who like put on makeup and wore a wig and like this is good makeup. I mean like Hollywood horror film type makeup that he like after his workday he'd like peel off his face like he's Eric Bischoff at a wedding, you know, and he looks like a hot girl. And he's on Twitch playing video games all day, makes $25,000 a day. And then rips off his makeup and goes home. Or like, just walks out the door because he's already home. Does every fucking day. I mean, it probably so, does wonders for his self-esteem. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? Does it could you imagine the weird and the $25,000. The identity complex you would have. That would be so weird. Maybe I really am a chick. I could be good at this. Day, I could be good at this chick thing. <laughs> Dude, you could work four days a week if you wanted. Make you work one day a week. Yeah, one day a week. I think you still want some sort of structure in your life, though. What's 52 times 25? Okay, but that's not the point. Because what's going to happen is, first of all, are you working? You're fucking playing video games, okay? So if you're going to play the video game anyways. To find a passion project, do something else. Go play volleyball. Yeah, crochet. Yeah. Macrame. Exactly. Do something else. Dig a hole. I don't know. (laughs) Dig a hole. Dig a hole. Burn some wood. Yeah. 
break bottles behind Wawa. Like, what do you... Uh, Maddie, this weekend, did you break some bottles behind Wawa? No, I, you know, unfortunately, this was not the weekend of breaking bottles for me. Um, <clears throat> what did I do this weekend? Not much. <laughs> All right, cool. No, Moving honestly, on. it's <laughs> Moving on. No, so <laughs> it's funny because like normally I start with you guys, and yeah. he's only had like the past twenty minutes to figure out. Like... <laughs> he's like, "What did I do?" It's <laughs> just this pause, like, <laughs> like it was like there's nothing there. I'm going through an existential crisis, apparently. Um, no, I got through finally the Final Fantasy VII demo for Rebirth. Oh, no, we're not getting into this because it may get to the point where next time I see you, I'll strangle the shit out of you. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I got through that. Um, watched all of Avatar, the live action remake on Netflix of Avatar The Last Airbender. So it's a remake. I, I saw this thing come out. I didn't know if it was like a new spinoff series, or but it's it's a remake of the first film? No. Okay, this is... I need I need like five minutes. It's just a it's so, a redo of live action of based on the anime. The cartoon. So, yeah, it's like a, it's another shot at it. So okay, because the M Night Shyamalan movie was absolutely terrible. It was acted terribly. The visual effects were terrible. They cut out so much of what made gave the story a lot of heart and shit like that. Um, so then Netflix bought the rights to do the show again in live action. Um, and instead of doing a movie, they said, we'll do eight episodes, about an hour each, which covers the exact same time length, essentially, as the show. Um, but it is one of the biggest cartoons ever made. And it's on Rotten Tomatoes. I think critic score, it's like 100 and audience score, it's like 99. And it's one of the only shows to be like uh, perfect on both sides. So hold on. When you say the first thing was bad and M. Night Shyamalan, what are you talking about? Because it wasn't the first movie James Cameron? Or is it, am I, Is there another project I'm forgetting about? Oh, you're thinking of the blue people. No, I'm no. talking at Avatar The Last Airbender, which came out so way a, before. So this is little, a different thing than the James Cameron the movies. Dustin has no idea what we're talking he about. Looks like, no he looks like Caillou, okay. but not. So there was a cartoon probably in like the late mid-2000s or early mid 2000s called Avatar the Last Airbender. Okay. okay, I am looking at the poster now. This is not the blue people that I'm thinking. No. Of. <laughs> so, it was one of the biggest cartoons ever made. Um it's very very good. It's not just like a kids cartoon because it deals a lot with, you know, a lot of philosophical things and a lot of like some dark things as well. Um so then M Night Shyamalan tried to make a movie of it and it was absolutely bullshit. It was so bad. Um, it was about the same time that, that they tried to make like the live action Dragon Ball and everything. Mm -hmm. Everything was just bad. Where they tried to rush it and whitewash the shit out of it. So because Avatar The Last Airbender, it's very heavily Asian inspired in terms of the cultural references. Like the each nation can has people in it that can control an element that they call bending. And so like the water tribe, which water bends they're heavily based off of like inuit and you know the, that kind of um culture and so the motions that you use to bend water is very heavily influenced by specific martial arts style right so fire nation is very um based off of like northern shaolin martial arts and things like that anyway so we tore through that this weekend it was very like 
people can get pissed off and hate on it, whatever, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it was a lot better. I think the kids had Who a got monumental pissed off. Task. It was hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Who's got pissed? No, the cartoon does. Oh. I think the live action no, the cartoon is like hundreds across the board. But um no, so we tore through that. Uh yeah, and that that's pretty much how it goes, because that's the free time without the kid to get through a whole eight episodes of an hour each and eight hours of show is pretty remarkable. So yeah. Well, I'm surprised you haven't tried to talk me into it. Like James every day talks me into watching Halo. It's Halo so- is good. Halo's good. It's I, if I you go in there st- expecting the video game on TV, it's not going to happen. Yeah, but if you go in there expecting them to explore the lore behind the environments and the characters and stuff, it's really cool. Like, and dude, like I'm so over. Like, oh, uh, he takes off his helmet. the The character of John, portrayed by Pablo Schreiber, is great. Um, there's a scene in the last uh, episode where he fucking I keep telling Matt he fights an elite barehanded. I'm like, yes. Like, to me, that's fucking awesome. I didn't, Dude, you put me in a Spartan suit, I'll take on an elite. This guy fucking ran in there and took him on barehanded. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, that's fucking heroic, right? Like, and that's that's where you get to draw those lines. And I think it's awesome. But anyway, no, watch Halo it. Halo good. But then, yeah. So that we watched that and then just watched the hockey. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, hockey happening this weekend. A lot of hockey I, I cared about, mate. Mainly because I don't think this has ever happened in the history of the show. Where the week previous, we had talked about the Maple Leafs and said, on a bit of a heater, you know, they've won four of their last four games. Like, these guys are looking pretty good. And now this week, one week later, we're going to say, they won seven of the last seven games. They're looking pretty good. Oh, they've been consistently inconsistent up until... Now, to win seven in a row, that is every game they have won for two consecutive weeks. That's never happened in the history of the show, I don't think. So Mm-mm. that's worth acknowledging that the Maple Leafs are playing very good hockey right now. Now, I mean, to be fair, they did get to play uh, a joke of a franchise in the Arizona Coyotes. But and the next night going into Vegas, never easy on a back to back especially against the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, I know they have a number of injuries, so they're not exactly at full power right now. Still defending Stanley Cup champions. Still defending Stanley Cup champions. You're on the road, on a back-to-back, different time zone. Those aren't easy to win. (laughs) And yeah, how many times do you hear about the Vegas flu, right? So shout out to those guys for staying focused, at least (laughs) before the game. Who knows what they got up to on the Friday after the game, but they had to go to Colorado on Saturday which again, they won. And that's a game where they were down too against Colorado. A very down good, two goals. A very good Colorado team. And I mean, ask Sheldon Keefe. He'll tell you that McCarr and McKinnon, far and away better than any player he has on his team. So different level. Different levels. You know, he, I, I mean, that's kind of the way we're reading into the, the way he said it, but the interpretation I took from what Sheldon Keefe said the last time the Colorado Avalanche played the Toronto Maple Leafs is that Sheldon Keefe is a big fan of Nathan McKinnon and Cal McCart. Doesn't matter, though. Maple Leafs whooped our ass, too. And 
Now looking ahead of this week, they get the Golden Knights again, this time at home, and they get the Coyotes again, this time at home. You would figure winnable games. But it's just, you know, anytime the Leafs are in Toronto, there's games you think they should win. They never fucking win those games. They're actually horrendous in uh, those sort of games. So we'll see. But Sammy's playing really well, which is not something I expected to ever say. Like, I was of the opinion that he probably will never play another game for the Toronto Maple Leafs ever again. But here he is, uh, a big part of these seven wins in a row. I think he won six of the seven. And reinforcements are coming. Joseph Wall is practicing today with the Maple Leafs. Martin Jones nowhere to be seen, so I imagine... Something may happen there, although they are at 23 men currently with Jones on the roster. Apparently, they're keeping him around. They're going Which makes sense. Goalies. Yeah. I wonder. I'm not sure how it works. I'm not an expert on the CBA. But I wonder if they're going to see if they can keep this roster together until after the trade deadline. Because I fig- I feel like if there is teams out there who are saying, we really need a goaltender, backup or otherwise. Maybe they go and make that move at the trade deadline, and then once you're post-trade deadline, you can say, okay, Jones goes through waivers. You're Why? hoping that there's... Well, just if, if you need to not carry three goaltenders. No, after after March 8th, roster limits don't matter. Well, I'm sure it matters at some point. Like you can't have 40 guys in your team. Yeah. On your active roster, it it doesn't matter. Hmm. After Are March, sure it's after March eighth. Yeah, I was reading the article today in the Athletic. <clears throat> well, there you go. And he's to the be guy honest, who like, actually spends with the Athletic. You know, it, carrying three goalers, goalers, goalers might not be goaler. A, <laughs> might not be a bad idea considering this team's history of of them going down. But before we get into that piece, can we talk about how different this team's looked? over those seven games, like all the things that I've begged for seem to be happening. Like they're not playing like, like they're engaged, right? I, I think back to the play in Arizona where Sean Jersey tried to take liberties with William Nylander after the whistle, I think on an icing, was it? Um, and Nylander was actually in the scrum throwing hands instead of casually skating away. Which is yes, not normal. but it's also not normal. It is now, but it's not normal for him to have Bertuzzi and Domi with him. So a little different. It's kind of like I know I use a lot of wrestling analogies, but it's like when Shawn Michaels had Diesel. is at a bar and he's got Diesel and Kevin, or he's got uh, Kevin Scott with him. It's like he can do whatever the fuck he wants because yeah. he's got a seven footer and a, a six foot eight motherfucker watching his back. And yeah. then sure enough, the day when they weren't there, that's when he got fucked up in Syracuse. Anyway, but that's. That's kind of what we've always been talking about, though, is that you need to surround yourself with these types of guys. And I don't know. We've been talking a little bit. I think they found the lineup. Something seems to be clicking here where each line is providing something dynamic and is forcing them to be engaged. I think Domi is seeing an opportunity on the second line, and I think he's making the most of it. And I was having this conversation, I think, with Pops uh, about this, that... Domi's defensive liabilities compared to Tavares in that spot are lapsed by his ability to skate. <laughs> like, right. like Tavares can't skate like the same 
level that Domi can. So I don't know having him on a line with Nylander, who's probably the fast one of the fastest guys on the team, and Bertuzzi, who's dogged on you know puck retrieval in the corners. You got Tavares, you know, just coasting over the red line just to make it in as the high guy. And then even if you're the back checker, now you're turning around. Like it doesn't, the math doesn't add up for him in that spot. Then I think John facing third line, I was going to say John facing third line competition across other teams opens things up for him while playing with guys like, you know, as a distributor, Robertson's a sniper shot from hell and Bobby McMatthews, man. Like he's a grinder. He's a, he's a power forward. This team hasn't had. It makes sense in terms of what John Tavares' skill set is currently at this point in his career. Whereas I think he's slower, sure, certainly, but I still like him down low on the boards Mm -hmm. retrieving the puck. I think he's still strong on the puck in that regard. I think he still is fantastic at faceoff wins. And yeah, you put him with a couple rookies. Not only are they great shooters, but they're hopefully guys who will learn something from him too. So I think there's I think it makes a lot of sense. Other than the the price tag that's on John Tavares, but who gives a fuck? I mean, the team is the but team. But they deployed him like that too. He took a couple key faceoffs instead of Matthews, where they wanted him to win those faceoffs. And the other piece too, shout out to to early shout out to that fourth line. Like even Ryan Reeves, I think has found his groove. Um, I've seen him putting pressure on the opposing defense when the puck's in the zone them doing the quick line change, right? Like they, like as soon as that fourth line starts hemming guys in, they do a quick line change. Matthews and Marner hop out. And then in the past, Revo was staying out. He's hopping off now and allowing that so, full line. Here's a stat about Ryan Reeves. So since he's been back, when he's in the lineup on that fourth line, they've outshot teams 27 to 10 at five on five. And the expected goals are 80% in the last five games that he's been on that fourth line. Well, speaking of five on five, we probably should also mention that power play right now is fucking ludicrous. <laughs> it's it's stupid. But it's again, like I hate to say it. It's a Tyler <laughs> Tyler Bertuzzi is much more effective well, at at that for those players that are around him in this moment. Like that's you, yeah. you gotta think that, of it like this. <clears throat> so similar to what you were saying about Nylander, Nylander's got like Two gears, fast and faster. You know, he's got his regular speed, which is generally faster than almost everybody else on the ice. And then he has the scoring opportunity speed, which is all of a sudden he finds another gear when he's sniffing around. Now, guy like Tavares can't keep up, but Domi can, right? Like Nylander wants to be at 80 miles an hour all the time. Tavares can't keep up with that. So when Nylander gets moving and he gets into the zone, you've always seen him either peel around, like turn around and stop up or go behind the net because he has to wait for guys to catch up. With Domi and Bertuzzi out there, he doesn't have to do that. They can keep pace with him. Obviously, they're not as fast, but he doesn't have to stop up, reload his play a little bit and wait for guys to get in. Now, in terms of the power play, it's, kind of the same thing right where Tavares yeah great net front presence great at tipping and whatever but let's be honest is when you have Nylander on one side and Matthews on the other uh you're getting more opportunities for rebounds that a guy like Bertuzzi who's gritty and you know Tavares doesn't 
he battles in front of the net, but he's not, I guess, grimy in front of the net. He's not shifty. So where Bertuzzi's grimy that he'll hack a guy that gives him the extra couple seconds to get to a puck or he'll give a guy a little cross check on the hip or, you know, whatever to give himself a little bit extra space. Tavares won't do that. He'll push, he'll try and use his hip and use his body, but he doesn't do the dirtiness in front of the net that buys you the space and the time. And I think with Bertuzzi that helps. And I think also with, as you said, he's shifty. The prime example was the first goal he got against Colorado on the power play. We just kind of backed off, went to the side of the net. Guy lost him, and he potted. You know, yeah. I don't think Tavares makes that. I don't think Tavares makes that play backing off. I think he stays. No, in front. probably what he what he probably does is he probably turns and fades out deeper into the slot a little bit in front of the goalie, not off to the side. Playing the high um, point, yeah, yeah. So, I I think what happened was is Morgan Riley gets suspended. Tavares gets hurt and sick and he's out for a couple games. You have to make adjustments. You kind of worry that the team was going to be like, oh shit, here we go. Our best defenseman and Tavares is gone. You know, it's we're playing with in terms of guys in their position, it's a bit of spare parts issue. But then a very serendipitous situation happened where all of a sudden guys just started to fit better. You know, you have you know, obviously you're not touching that top line, but then your second line has Nylander on it who doesn't have to play center with guys that can keep up with him. And then and on that Dome third is also line, a world-class distributor. Like, yeah, and he can, he can shoot a puck and he can skate very well. And then you have that third line, which Tavares gets weaker matchups. He gets a guy to go get him the puck in Bobby McMahon. So all Tavares has to do is get low, McMahon goes and gets the puck, throws it behind the net where Tavares is arguably at his best, where he's not having to really skate, but he's strong and, you know, one of the best low board players you'll find. And then you have a sniper with Robertson. And then you have, you know, you have guys that are fitting better overall through the lineup. And then with the D pairings, it's Brody's playing on the left side, who's been much better than he has been, even though he plays majority on the right in his entire career. And then... Benoit and McCabe are the tough, gritty defense pairing you've wanted that we haven't well, had. No, well, now McCabe's Don't get used to that one, though. Riley, now in practice. But can we? Uh, where did Riley find that? Where did that little hip check come from that Riley throws now, like one or two a game, where he he boxes guys out on the boards and he ends up throwing them a hip check? I'm a oh, big it, fan it, of that. He, he found it when Ryan Reeves got signed. <laughs> I'm a big fan of it. It's good. That, well, he needs to do more of that shit, right? For sure. But but yeah, Benoit, Lagason, like there's no it's so here's the thing. I they're they're so dangerously good, they're gonna bet on these guys. Like this I I I think they're I think they're gonna bet on these are the horses, man. This is I it. think they do make a move at the deadline, to be honest. I think they look at getting something. I as much as these guys have played well, I think you also understand that going into the playoffs, especially the way it's shaping up, there's a good chance you're playing Florida. Oh, I don't that, disagree. I, I think I think you're right. I think they should do something. Um, I think my, they do. The hole that I still kind of look at is, which is odd because at the beginning of the season, it wouldn't have been this guy. But like, I think Lilligren, how the defense is, is kind of being made up now with Benoit being tough. Riley puck moving, 
McCabe tough. Lagason's kind of an all-around kind of guy. Doesn't make a shit ton of mistakes. I, I think Lily is like what? Like I don't know what he brings. He's good at I guess a puck-moving defenseman. But I feel like they still need a little bit of a shutdown, you know, person in that role. So I, that's so where I would. Upgrade. I will. I will say that when Riley was gone, Lilgren was a stud. I think he stepped into that role very well. Now that Riley's back, interestingly enough, Lilgren is absent for practice today. So I don't know. Well, what he got he got banged up on Saturday. Yeah. He, they said he's day to day. And they got to get Geo back in. Like, if they plan on using him at all, like they can't just leave him in the box. Like, he's got to play games. As it stands right now, as of what practice lines were today, Brody's with McKay, Brody on the left, Riley's with Benoit, and you have Giordano with Legison. So if Lilligren can go, I think Giordano's the odd man out, and you go back to Lilligren, and you might shuffle things up with Legison and back to Riley. doesn't matter. The question is, yeah, there's something needs to give. And I feel like this might be one of those situations where, like you're saying, maybe they're too good to not do anything or think that they don't need to do anything. Maybe uh, I think the way you phrased it. But I feel like it'll be the situation where they're going to say, our trade deadline acquisition was Callie Yarncroak, who's coming back from injured reserve. That's what I mean, right? Like, I don't know what they do. On that raw, like, you can't you, you can't be taking McMahon out. He's earned that spot. Well, I think we talked about it. To me, my my guess is Holmberg probably comes out. He's two way, so you can send him down. Has provided you. He's been great, but I mean, in terms of the things you need on this roster, you know, I think Nick Robertson provides you with a more upside on the offensive side of things. And I think you have to ride out, ride him out for the season to really understand what you have in him. Because they keep saying he's going to do this and he's going to do that, and he never seems to have this extended opportunity like he does now. But and then, then, Bobby McMatthews. I mean, you're not taking him out. So, but the thing is, is Holmberg is right now. Your centers are Matthews, Domi, Tavares, Camp. Right, your yep. left side is Nice, um, Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi. McMahon and whoever is the left winger on that fourth line. Holmberg. Holmberg. And then your right side is Marner, Nylander, uh, Robertson, and Reeves slash Gregor slash. So Yarn Crook's not coming in to play on the fourth line. Like when he comes back, he's not going to the fourth line. So who's going I down? Think, Robertson? I think Robertson. Yeah. So I think what ends up happening is unfortunately. When you get down the stretch, the, this team's not in a position to be like, let's see what we got here. Let's see who we, you know, what we can foster and develop and whatever. They're in win now mode. And as good as he's played, outside of being able to shoot a puck, when Robertson doesn't have the puck, he's kind of useless. So, or when it's not in the offensive zone, he doesn't really bring you much of anything else. I think he would most likely be the odd man out and Yaron Crook's the one that goes in on that third line because as it currently is you're not messing with the top two and he's too good to play on the fourth so unless yeah. they're willing to drop Roberts into the fourth and put Yaron Crook on the third I think he's probably the odd man out and that fourth line is a rotation of 
Holmberg and Reeves and, you know, whoever. Or they put McMahon to the fourth because he's played there and he understands that role. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that that happens too. So I know you're shaking your head and that's fine, but he's played that role this year and he did just fine. You know, I just, he has. I just I think he's proven to be a more useful commodity elsewhere. Oh, I'm not disagreeing. But the, you also like what brings you the most roster flexibility too, right? Like, you know, you want to slide guys <clears throat> up and down the lineup differently with different guys in. Maybe Robertson's the trade piece. Who knows? Maybe they're just like, hey, we're going to have Easton Cowan in a year or two. We're going to have Frazier Minton coming up in a year or two. I mean, is Robertson going to take enough of a leap that, you know, he's going to supplant those guys in the same pacing? Or do we package him with something else to get the defensive help that, you know, they're probably going to need for playoffs? As much as the defense has been good, the Brody Lilligram pairing got roasted on Saturday, which is why they shifted away from that pretty quick. So I, I still think that's where the help comes, but I'm just always fascinated by the fact that when have we ever had a talk where we've had a issue of depth? We have guys. Yeah, we've had we've had depth that we we have trouble fitting guys into spots. We've never because, had depth. Exactly. And I mean, selfishly, I, I, I arrogantly, if that's even a word, I said Benoit was probably going to be a player at the start of the year. You did. And he's he's been what you've wanted, if not more. And I I just think what happens is it's gonna be either him, Logason, or Lilligren on the outs in terms of not playing when the playoffs start. Oh, I don't think they take I don't think they've had a moment of thought about pulling Benoit out at all. Oh, me neither. I I don't think they have either. But if you're getting a guy that does what he does, but has more offensive upside, you well, know, then you keep, I think you keep them both. Right. And you're right. The other two are probably like, as much as I like Lagason's play, if, if you're giving me Chris Tanev, I'm taking Chris Tanev over. Or Sean Walker. Yeah. Over Lagason and, and Lilligren, right? Here's an interesting stat for you, and we'll have to move on. But here's something fun top goal scorers on the team right now. Austin Nylander. Matthews, number one, obviously. Yeah. William Nylander is two. He's got 31. Mitch Marner is three. He's got 23. John Tavares, he's four. He's got 17. Can you guess he's number five right now? Bobby McRobertson. Uh, incorrect, incorrect. The answer, Callie Yarncroke. <laughs> Callie Yarncroke has 10. He hasn't, he hasn't played in like a fucking month. But he's tied with Bertuzzi and Nyes. But I guess what I'm getting at here is it's not a like an insignificant piece that they are expecting to get back soon. Now he's not practicing; he's skating, but he's not practicing right now, so it may still be a few more weeks. But he scored twenty goals last year. Well, he spent time on the top line last year. You also forget he kills penalties too. So a very good penalty killer. As much but as I hate about reinforcements, to it, speaking of reinforcements, though, your mm-hmm. Sheldon keeps mm-hmm. other comments today. I know we got to move on, but okay, go on about who's progressing well. Matt, Matt Murray. Matthew Murray. <laughs> he's taking pucks. Taking pucks. All right, well. He's the hero can't, we need. Can't wait to carry four goalies into the playoffs. So just as uh, back to what we said, um, March 8th, after which roster limits, though not the cap, disappear. Right, so you still have to get everyone under the cap, but they, 
but the right. amount of guys can. But your cap that. is also different because you've accrued space up until the trade deadline, so the cap actually well, so fluctu- fluctuates, right? You accrue space if you've used yeah your long term benefits and whatever. Well, which well, so if you, certainly if you used. Pay, do a paper transaction to send guys down, right? Yeah. So guys can still skate with the team, but in terms of active roster you can just paper transaction him down. And for every day, it's like you gain X amount of thousands of dollars that you accrue over the period yeah. of time. So it sounds but, like a good investment. Yeah. To I just through all this uh, cap space and another good investment is some artwork. And this episode is brought to you by now your treasures. Now your treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit now your treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A. Or com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send them a DM, 43.6, to receive 43% off any order. Now, there's a few other things we got to get to here. Because earlier this week, when the Maple Leafs were in Arizona, you thought to yourself, my goodness, this is embarrassing, isn't it? There's... 4,000 people here, 4,500. What's the actual number? It is 4,600 people for the Mullen Arena in God knows where, Arizona. However, looking at this list of regular season attendance, which is funny because the Maple Leafs are not at the top. Like they're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight for average attendance. Which seems strange, but it's just because the ACC doesn't hold that many people. Excuse me. Scotiabank Arena only holds 18,000, whatever. Because the Montreal Canadiens have a capacity for hockey at 21,000. So their average is going to be spiked, right? Same with the Oilers, the Lightning, et cetera, et cetera. All the way at the bottom of the list, obviously, we have the Arizona Coyotes. 4,600 capacity. Allegedly, they have had 100% capacity all year. And they are averaging 4,600 people a game. Second worst in the league in average attendance this year is 13,140 people, which makes up 87% of total capacity. Out of curiosity, how many people are below 90%? That's fucking horrible. There's only three teams <laughs> below 90%. That is the Buffalo Sabres, the San Jose Sharks, both teams uh, who are dog shit. And then the team that we're about to talk about, the Winnipeg Jets. Now, the reason why we're bringing this up is because it's been in the news recently. It's been on Twitter of the embarrassing attendance numbers. Now, 13,140, that's an average, right? So there's going to be some games where you hit capacity at 15,004, but there's going to be some games where you hit 10,000 people. And then all of a sudden, it looks like an AEW TV taping. (laughs) It looks like a COVID episode. Of Monday Night Raw. Obviously, the Jets have been in this predicament before. The Jets 
originally were a team in the 90s and then were moved to Arizona. And then, fortunately, they got a team back. They were gifted a team by the NHL and said, here you go, you peasants. Take this bullshit from Atlanta. (laughs) This team that nobody wants. Kovalchuk's not here anymore. Keatley's not here anymore. This bowl of trash, the Atlanta Trashers. Here you go. You get a team back. We'll give you your your name back and everything. You'll get the logos. (laughs) That's ownership of the Arizona Coyotes for no reason. But here you go. Here's your team back. Here's your name back. And these ungrateful motherfuckers in Winnipeg have screwed it up to now where the conversation is where are they going to move this team next? So, my question to you, gentlemen. First of all, do you think this team gets moved in the next five years? They better second, not. <laughs> second follow-up question. If they do, where do they move? Maddie, I know you, you're adamant about this one. Okay. Just to start, you have that joke of a franchise and situation in Arizona that you've been fighting for like 10 to 15 years, tooth and nail. And funding, for and, the record. And funding for a period of time. The team owned, the team was owned by the league. Fighting tooth and nail to keep that team in the desert. Like, like, like honestly, people in that organization must have pictures of Gary Bettman strapped up with a ball gag in his mouth wearing like a leather corset or some shit because to see the hoops that he's jumped through and all the shit that he's doing to keep that team there but the first sign of attendance issues in Winnipeg he's like oh this is an issue I have to go down there in person like, go fuck yourself man like this is un this is unfucking believable <clears throat> that this goddamn dude is keeping a team that no one wants, that isn't going to have an arena, that's an embarrassment to the league, that they're playing at an arena that doesn't even have their fucking logo as the main center ice logo. It's shared with ASU. You have the Coyote on one side and the AS Trident on the other. It's just even entering this conversation with that, it triggers me because that's just your the basis starting point for the anger. The second part of your question is, will they be moved? Again, like as I said, they better fucking not after everything that Arizona went through. But if they do, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Houston. Houston's been wanting a team for a long time. And I know Utah, Houston's at the point where they just want a team. Right? So they'll, and the Jets are a good team. That's the other thing. They're a good team. The fact that their attendance numbers are so bad relative to them is That's it's a upsetting. juicy move for Gary Bettman to take a team that competitive and hand them to Salt Lake City or Houston. Well, especially with everything going on in Arizona, especially because you've already done it once. No, I mean, Winnipeg. like, it's a juicy to give them a, like, a high league. They weren't as competitive when he moved them to Arizona. Not like this. Right. So that's that's what I mean. That's a spicy move by by Gary Bettman to do that. I think right. so for con- for some context. Sorry, James. Winnipeg's population is like seven hundred thousand people. 
Uh, Phoenix is 1.6 million. It's double. So more than double. Phoenix is like double the population of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yeah. Right. I mean, if if he was to move them, the the right thing to do by the sports and by the country you're taking it from is to move them to Quebec. Uh, that would be if you had to move them. Like if there was no option. Well, I still feel like they don't want to fuck things up with East and West. So I don't see that happening. I think it being I, I see it being a West Coast team if it's moved. In my opinion. Yeah, no, I I get that. I'm just saying the right thing to do by you know, you don't you, know, you can't just keep taking from the country that's basically floating your sport. Right? That's the other piece too. Is that We're three yeah, three teams right now are literally propping up your entire league. Right, but then there's also the Ottawa Senators that are a joke too. So then there's Ottawa and Winnipeg who are fucking things up. Yeah. So, so um, I don't know. And I, know I think Ottawa, you got to give some Lake time, new ownership. They're looking at a new arena that they have plans in place. Winnipeg kind of is what it is right now. And unless they get back to, and it's, I mean, it's not like attendance is terrible. I mean, there are professional sports teams that draw significantly less than the Jets, such as yeah, the, the Oakland Athletics. So, you know, in terms of pro sports, it's really not that What happened bad. to the Athletics? <laughs> Well, they got moved. But right. the Pirates, Pirates aren't going anywhere. Yeah, that's a weird one, too. That we, we have an entire episode dedicated to what's going on with the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> but it's uh, I'm just saying, like, they, I don't think you can give a franchise back to this country and then take it away again. I think that would be – I think you would have a massive revolt for most Canadian hockey fans uniting. Uh, Leaf fans and Habs fans and Canucks fans would link arms. And be like, hey, <laughs> wait a minute. It's the Bill so, and Ted moment. But right. It's, I just, it would be, like I said, if Arizona wasn't in the state that it was in and this was happening, you would be pissed and you'd be annoyed and be frustrated. But at least there would be some credence to, you know, being like attendance numbers that's, are not good. That's it. The precedent that they've set with Arizona is what's going to make this bad if he moves them. Because we're going to say you fucking bled for that team. That that has no home. To. You you bought them. You fostered them. You took them in. You gave them a bath. Fed them, right? And now you're not going to do the same for your other child. You know, like that's it's not. It's and, and no with, bueno. But kudos to Mark Chipman for putting the call out. I mean, you have to. Yeah. Right. Like. Um, but like he's asking for fifteen thousand season ticket holders. That'd be every seat, no. In Winnipeg, mm-hmm. um, their um, their building holds fifteen thousand four people. <laughs> he said so. I I read I read a stat where he's like asking for like like more than two thirds. Well, okay, so the economic issue that Winnipeg is dealing with isn't a new issue, right? Like this is all known risks and characteristics of their market. Winnipeg isn't a business center like a Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto is, to a lesser extent Calgary, to a much lesser extent uh, Edmonton, where, you know, how many companies do you know have, oh, our main head office is in Winnipeg, Manitoba? (laughs) That's not a thing. That doesn't exist. So you're not going to have all these corporate-owned seats and season ticket packages that you see in other major cities, like a New York, like a Chicago, et cetera, et cetera. 
So they don't have that going for them. Plus, you don't have like the Canadian dollar sucks right now. Mm. And the Canadian dollar is about as bad as it was the last time the Jets moved, hovering around that 70 cent mark. So it's all the same economic factors that they ran into last time they had to move the team. You know what's the a issue, worse economic factor? Zero tickets on a gate driven business. So, like, again, the like that's no excuse for the Coyotes. No, it's not. So, okay, so where I think you read was um, they had a 27% decline in three years from their season ticket holders, and they have to get back to 13,000. They had 13,000 season ticket holders, and that's what they need to get back to to sustain. They're at like 9,500 right so now. So you own 2,000 public tickets? Like, that's that's a little bit unrealistic. And then maybe he's doing the sales guy thing where I tell them we need 13,000, and I get 10, and we're, we're good, right? Or we get nine, and we're okay. What are they at now? I think he says like seven or eight. Yeah, we do that math quickly in their head. Thirty <laughs> percent decline from thirteen thousand. Thirty percent of thirteen thousand is thirty nine thousand. Thirty nine hundred. Yeah, it's no. It's so about four thousand. So yeah, yeah nine thousand. Forty two hundred. It's forty two hundred. Yeah. So say let's say nine thousand are now seat ticket holders. Right. So that's a good chunk that you don't have anymore of guaranteed but st- revenue. But, but they're still drawing thirteen thousand. So like that's what I'm asking. Like what? Like what are you talking about? On average. 13,000. Right? So yeah. again, I can't imagine the revenue loss that they're experiencing is that is that much like you know what I mean in in aggregate. Like I guess maybe they want the commitment and I get that, but doing the math in my head if you're averaging 13,000 and you want 13,000 season ticket holders, what you're you're telling me this this team lives or dies on 2,000 tickets? Like that's I mean, that's it could a, be. Yeah, that could be the breaking point, honestly. Fucking do it. I, I mean, I hope yet. not. Because there's teams in the league that are averaging less, right? Like the Coyotes. Well, they're the only <laughs> yeah. team averaging less. Yes. Is, is is the Coyotes. And I think <clears throat> I think like again, it's a combination of things between the Canadian dollar and relative attendance to the rest of the league as well. Because if your attendance is as a top team in the West and top team in the league, your attendance is still that low comparatively to a team like Ottawa who's outselling you with a much worse team and you can't count the Habs because again, it's the same thing when Toronto was shit, the place will still sell. But is it low? Like in terms of population and what the building holds? Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't like they're, they're looking at it strictly as a one for one comparison to everything else. And I don't know that you can do that. Right. Like you said, they're half the population and they draw way more than the coyotes did. What's the population of Ottawa? Not sure from what the Canadian census says, but it was seven forty nine thousand in change for Winnipeg based off the Canadian census. Ottawa population. Ottawa is about a million. It's about a million for Ottawa. That's what I'm it's saying. That's what I'm saying. I don't know that the incremental amount of people but in Ottawa. You also, have to, you also have to remember Ottawa's arena is so far out of the city too. Not close to Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah, it's in Kenora. Right. Kanata, isn't it? Kanata, not Kenora. Kenora's in BC. <laughs> Whatever, Canada. That's that's why I got a fifty-one percent in geography. I got the pity pass in hey high man. school. The pity uh, pass. You know what? Pity pass. Yeah, I got the quick pity as, pass. quick aside on this. Our geography as Canadians is fucking great. Yeah. If you uh, have you seen those TikToks is asking random Americans to like name three countries, like what countries above you? Like I don't know. <laughs> it's like okay. Well, also, I'm a fucking I'm moron. Canada is in Ontario, not BC. <laughs> 
You're thinking of Kelowna, BC. Yeah, you're Kelowna. Kelowna. No, I yeah. knew Kenora was there. Do you remember Cross Country Canada? The yes. fucking trucker game on the yes. computers that every school had. I should admit that as a speed run for GDQ. <laughs> Just make people watch that. <laughs> Cross Country Canada. I wonder yeah. if you can still play it. Continue, anyway, continue on. I'm gonna search. Now I'm thinking of Body Break with Joanne McLeod and Hal or whatever. Hal Johnson. Hal Johnson. Johnson. I just remember you'd have to go get potatoes from like the prairies and then get. Dude, wheat it was like the OG. Um, you can play it. Um, classicreload.com. Um, that game was the OG. Uh, what was the the Dope Wars? Remember Dope Wars? <laughs> Oh, I remember Dope Wars. Dope Wars or was a blast. Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars, which is basically Dope Wars just in Grand Theft Auto. Hold on. I'm, Are you playing I, I Cross Country Canada? No, no, I know we're on like a really deep like digression here. Nothing but, is deep on this show. So I go Cross Country Canada and it's classicreload.com. Random selection of games and software. What's on here? Top one is a game called Conflict in Vietnam. <laughs> Oh boy. Bunch of guys like, I, mean, I miss my computer games from back in the day. Conflict in Vietnam and cross country Canada. It's an old DOS game. Wow, yeah, this man. is improved. Does that have music? I can't tell. Anyway. Yeah, so maybe the Jets need to find a way to get more people in the building. I, I, I know what they could do is something. I mean, everyone talks about it. The NFL increased their viewership significantly because of Taylor Swift. And what I'm getting at is sometimes you need to sometimes you need to attract a different segment of the audience. And we saw with the NFL and we're seeing it now with Major League Baseball as they have come out this year with see through uniforms, which they uh, I assume is what they're doing in order to increase the female uh, viewership numbers because fanatics have officially taken over. We're obviously we talked about this last week of what some of the jerseys are looking like. But now the pants are all fucked, too. I Apparently the soundboard is all fucked as well. <laughs> and Chains just hitting buttons for no reason. I clicked the button. But these fanatic pants thing is just hilariously ridiculous. And now that there's other reports coming out that like the pants haven't changed, and it's like, I feel Dude. like at some point... The pants, the whole thing with the pants, I feel like that was just legitimately a mistake. Like someone was shipped the wrong shipment for the pants and guys' wangs are hanging out and they're like, shit, and they've fixed that. Because every game that I've watched the past three days, I don't see boxer shorts under any of these pants. And I'm looking. But why is it for photo day? That I can't answer you. (laughs) There's no logical reason as to why that would have happened. I think the MLB was going to those. And then was like, oh my god, the Wang is everywhere. <laughs> we need to we need to go back to the old ones and then be like, we never switched. It was always the old I, ones. Right? I just how does this even clear? Like, like there's gotta be something. Well, you kind see of the testing. fabric's really thin. Right. But do you know what I mean? Like, how does this go through any kind of check and balance and quality control and say yeah like this has to go through at least two or three stages of that no also like white notoriously is like already pretty see-through like in most fabric like you you know you know like you can see that the jersey tuck in that one photo and that other guy's full sack when he's bending over 
<laughs> so one someone's definitely getting fired. Yeah. It looked that, like this it looked like Einhorn when and Finkel is Einhorn <laughs> at the end of Ace Ventura. Uh, oh that's, boy. that's a good reference. Yeah, right. Um but yeah, like one, how does this even get through? And two, it's I obviously the MLBPA has already stepped in to say this is this is not happening. Right? Well, they look like the fucking team from Dodgeball when they got shipped the leather outfits. No, but, but like Dustin, they've like they've already stopped this, right? Well, that's what he said, yeah. I mean, yeah, like the pants to me looks like it's 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 fine. Like everything I've seen so far in the past 3 days of watching spring training baseball, it looks totally fine. Send them so, to the Savannah Bananas. They'll use them. Apparently, it was MLB fanatics produced pants blasted by players union chief. The pants are see-through. Apparently, one guy in a meeting said, you could see my dog. <laughs> imagine imagine being in, a, in like a border meeting. Be like, you could see my dick through my pants. <laughs> I mean, it's the... the <laughs> I'm looking at the list of images that this has as part of their thing. Oh, I hope they used it as a PowerPoint. They were like, look at this. Yeah, you can definitely see a dude's like camel toe, or not camel toe, moose knuckle. Like he's bending over. and Dude, the best was the picture of like MLB going to broadcast like this next year. And it's Bryce Harper's home run swing, but there's the black bar, the sensor bar over where his dick is. the best <laughs> imagine being in a boardroom be like okay what's the agenda topic today <laughs> my pants <laughs> pretty sure everyone saw my dong on tv so question are they going to track the flight where these pants are all sent to third world countries to close <laughs> those those are straight headed for for a third world country for sure along with i just san francisco 49ers 2024 super bowl champions I just baffles my mind that something like this in 2024 can happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, so this is the pants, but what about the jerseys? They're staying. They're staying. They because you referenced them last week and we looked at them, but I'm not gonna lie, seeing them on TV, it's not good. It's not great. It 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 looks like they don't care. Yeah, (laughs) that's what it is. (laughs) Like I said, like I, I. I, I watched a lot of soccer now with Liverpool and I watched a bit of the TFC game. Those, those aren't high quality kits. Like they aren't, they're, they're like sublimated rubbery shit. Look at this what? guy what? using kits. Well, if I jersey want jersey or sweater for hockey. That's sweater a, for hockey. Yeah. Uh, sweater. Well, kit or for tarp. kit for foot. A, but, um, are you going to, are you going to buy the jer- new Jersey? Either of you? Which one? The new or, MLB one? Yeah. No, we're off DHK. They get the same one now. Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> That's probably where they got it. They're like, we need, we need 5,000, 30 for each team. I'm very curious what the City Connect jersey is going to look like. Shit. Yeah, you know, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't. I don't have high <laughs> hopes. You know what they're going to do? Same thing that every other fucking league or, you know, city jersey does for Toronto is the bottom of it is going to have a silhouette skyline of Toronto. Yeah. 
It'll be black gold. So I don't know if you guys had a chance to take a look at this. Just go I'm back. Chris Bassett was right, though. He should just go back to the Roy Halladay Jays. We were actually talking about that before you got in. Dustin's wearing the hat. Over time, that logo has seriously grown on me. And it's like with time came perspective. Sir, and I actually really enjoy that logo. I have the jersey in my pop's basement. I'll wear it next week on next week's show. I have it too, but it's way too big for me now. So is mine. The okay, reason so. I bring this up and I drop it into the general. Yeah, I'm looking at this now. This is are the they doing a George Springer hockey jersey? <laughs> they are, there's the Blue Jays promotional schedule for this year. And I think there may be more stuff added. But this is what they've announced thus far. If you find the Can of the Day giveaways, you have to scroll down the page a little bit. Usually Can of the Day is like a red jersey or a red hat or a straw hat that's red or... I don't know, some sort of red Canada something. This year, it's a tuxedo hat. Whatever the fuck that means. But if you haven't seen it, it is a like a gray hat with a gray logo. And I'm thinking oh, yeah. to myself, uh-oh. Is this a glimpse into what the City Connect might be? Because my theory for the longest time for this City Connect was we don't have a City Connect. We have a country connect because we're one team for an entire country. So they pick gray. I don't know. So that's the thing. Like, I don't. So if my theory is correct that they are going to go with the city connect as their Canada Day jersey, like, why would you make the fans wear this ugly ass hat on Canada Day? That makes no sense. Like, I feel like that might be the city connect hat. So now I'm thinking, how the fuck would it be gray? Like, why would there be a gray hat? And you know what? This Blue Jays logo was there was a gray version of this hat. Yep. So maybe it is still a blue jersey, but maybe there's gray lettering or something. Maybe they do know. a reverse and the jersey's blue, but with that logo somehow. I'm worried because <laughs> I don't like that hat at all. And yeah, I, maybe I shouldn't have high hopes at all for the Blue Jays City Connect this year. But that's the only reason I'm going to end up buying a new Blue Jays jersey this year. As we talked about the Fanatics fiasco, it's not exactly um, inspiring to want to buy anything. No. Blue Jays in terms of jerseys. It's like the it's the jersey that you get on the replica jersey day. That's essentially what it is. And I I don't know. It's just it bugs me that. You know, multi corporate, multi million dollar league, billion dollar league like this, and that's the offerings they give you for, you know, jerseys, and it kind of bugs me because hockey is always going to be to me the gold standard of quality in terms of sweaters and logos and things on the jersey. It's always the best. Say goodbye to that. Well, you think they're getting rid of logos no, on jerseys? No, Fanatics is taking over next. Well, I know Fanatics is taking over, but do you think they do the same thing and go to like a sublimated logo? Yes, one hundred percent. I don't know if I talked about it in the show last week, but like the the All Star Game of the Major League Baseball last year, they used the new Fanatics style that they're they're wearing now, and the All Star Game this year, when I was at the the store, the convention center, there was a Fanatics version of the All Star jersey, and it was exactly the same. It's just like a a I don't know how to describe it. Like a very flat t-shirt kind yeah. of thing. Fanatics makes jerseys now or sweaters now, but they're like they're like the 
not the replica. Honestly, like the step under. I have a Fanatics Leafs sweater right now, and it is by far the most le- comfortable Leafs sweater I own. So it may be fine. It may be totally fine. But, but you got to remember, they're cutting that as a fan wearing, so the shoulders aren't going to be as bulky and whatever mm-hmm. to fit the shoulder pads. Like it's going to be more of a form-fitting to be like an everyday wear than it is to be like a hockey sweater. But the oversized hockey okay sweater that. look is such a good look, though. You guys bug me. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dustin I don't doesn't know. like fun. <laughs> I like fun when it's actually fun, though. That's when I like fun. I like fun uh, when it's fun. <laughs> there is uh, five bobbleheads to be given away this year. There's four on the bobblehead page, but then there's another Chris Bassett one like in the middle of the screen there. Do any of these look interesting to you? I'm more interested now that you mentioned this, the Harry Potter Raglan night. I want those. Yeah, I can't wait to get a double XL shirt that won't fit me. I own zero bobbleheads. Really? Yeah, me too. Give me tops MLB really? card night, and then I'm interested. Yeah, I own plenty of pop vinyls. Which I'm surprised but... actually they don't do. Sorry. Why? Tops should partner to give away cards a night. Uh, guess who now owns the who now owns tops? I know fanatics. <laughs> yeah they're taking over the sports world and they're doing fantastic with with the cards like they do a really good job with some of the innovation they've done as an aside but yeah i think they'd want to do more like that but maybe they will who knows so out of all the bobbleheads that are coming this season either Bo bichette or kikuchi are the ones that i would want if they like if i had a choice have you seen the chris bassett one sir the country chris bassett like I saw it referenced. I just went down to the bottom where it said bobbleheads because I figured. Yeah, that it's not included in that list because okay. it's on Country Day. Okay, actually, that one I want because it's got the the puppies, the puppies. It's got dogs, all right. It's got, the it's got actual dogs, not actual dogs, but it's got dogs. <laughs> it's got actual dogs, but not real actual dogs. <laughs> it's in association with the Humane Society, so you get okay. a bobblehead and he has a take home a puppy as well. Could you imagine? That's actually a really good promotion idea. No, because you'd have so many terrible dog owners that would get a dog and mistreat the shit out of it. Mm. And then I would have to get angry and start fighting people because you got a glorious regal creature and you don't want to take care of it. Also, well, I'm 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 in for the loony dog nights. Like I I'll go full glutton. I don't fucking care. Did you do one last year? No, I missed last year. I, I, If I do it, though, it has to be earlier in the season, man. I can't do summer ball. It's too fucking hot, man. And also, too, it's not as busy. You go on like a Tuesday in April or early May, you're... Dude, all those easy. night games. All those night games aren't that bad. Right. Um, I feel like you guys haven't been to the Rotter Center recently. Tuesday hot dog nights are a fucking zoo. No, Tuesdays are nuts. I'm saying like the other weekday games are generally not so bad. But I mean, we're in a recession right now, right? You're offering me a dollar. Oh, for dude, a hot yeah, dog? they're gonna go there to eat. <laughs> yes, they're gonna pack exactly. them in their bags and take them home. I don't remember how many hot dogs I had the last time I did a dollar hot dog day. It it was north of four, but it was less than eight. So I don't I don't know if I got up to eight, but I think I may have cut it off around five or six. I don't know. But wipe yourself off, man. You did. <laughs> I think they only serve you like four at a time, anyway. So you couldn't get. It's like booze. That many. <laughs> how many do you? So you're cut how off. How many do you think you? 
How many do you think you could put away? If I really tried. You tried. I could probably get to 10. Like, I wouldn't be happy about it. <laughs> Neither would the people <laughs> sitting around you. <laughs> yeah. That's like the most honest way to answer that question. I could do 10, but I'm not. Dude, you eat 10 hot dogs, you're clearing a section and you're sitting by yourself. Toppings or no? You'll like, be able to walk to a foul ball to pick it up because there'll only. be nobody within the vicinity. Yeah, yeah mustard only. Are... You can't be fucking around with other things. Oh, you one of those people like Chicago Sir. glizzy, no ketchup. That's stupid. Chili, I chili am cheese dog. Hundred percent on no. So I'm hundred percent on the fence of no ketchup on my hot dog. But like, I'm not gonna fight somebody about it. Like I just I don't put ketchup on my hot dog. Like, I, I love ketchup, ketchup is on. ketchup is for your fries. No, I love ketchup on like hamburgers, hot dogs, mayo on a hot dog is god tier. It's mm. no, no hot dog is good. I'll put anything yeah, on a hot dog. Yeah, like on it, like a hot dog is such a good vessel for other foods. Like I used to put chips on my hot dogs. You want to, you want to be a, you want to be high class. Take a hot dog, put it in a couple of them if you want. Put it in a wok, a little bit of oil, some chopped up mushrooms, green peppers, and onions. Put it on the bun, and then take those vegetables and put it on top. Hey, Philly cheese hot dog. Yeah, Yeah, man. Beautiful. I used to put crispy onions, like the Oof. shit you get for salad toppers. That's really good. I literally had a hot dog for lunch today. Bacon bits? Really? Oof. I've been out of fuck. Hot- I should have put bacon bits on it. I have Dang. not had a hot dog, honestly, like legitimately, probably in about two years. And I was kind of craving one. Like I, I was, I haven't had hot dog since a dollar hot dog night, probably in September of last Did year. You get street meat or what? Yeah, that was, that was oh, no. my question. I was or... at the grocery store yesterday and I saw like these Chicago style hot dogs. They're like these big motherfuckers. Hmm. So I put it in the air fryer for five minutes. The Phil Kessel and... special? Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Fantastic. Speaking of, I, I remember when you were at what, I forget, Ballpark Dodger Stadium last year and you sent us yeah. the picture of the hot dog. And I'm not going to lie, you've got some talent fitting that in your mouth. Mm. I've had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, uh, experience cylindrical meat (laughs) but that's the thing is like i feel like out of all sports it's weird that you know other sports yeah you can go get food but a hot dog at a baseball game is it's like a synonymous combination hand in hand you know like baseball might be one of the few sports that has a signature pairing yeah, you know, like, <laughs> like a wine. <laughs> oh, you're in section C. I suggest you get the hot dog with these toppings. <laughs> yeah, and not just that, but like, it's not just hot dogs. The, the, the cracker jacks and peanuts and yeah, and beer. Like that just sounds like Saturday afternoon at the ballpark type food. Well, it's because it's the ultimate lazy sport, right? It's the one where you can just kind of sit back, chill, watch, and yeah, you whatever. don't have to pay attention half the time. Yeah. Like the other sports, it's like there's so much going on. It's like if you look down at your food, you could legitimately miss something. Do you know what I mean? So, but yeah, I don't know. These jerseys look like shit. (laughs) It's under the pants. That George Springer, like hockey jersey, though, that's kind of a cool idea. Um, And obviously, always when they do the Jackie Robinson night, that hat, that's pretty sick, too. Yeah, I don't see myself ever wearing that hat. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. Show, show, let it all out. 
That's right, it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week because it's the segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music during his incredibly long run in the World Wrestling Federation from 2001 to 2001. I'll go first, sticking with wrestling. Are we sharing? I feel like I've heard... No, we're not. Okay. Because I knew you'd probably go that way. I'm still trying to... Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, I've heard the story a number of times. And every time I hear it, I always think he's joking. But the amount of times I've heard it now, I don't think he's joking. And it tells me a couple things. It tells me... Well, it tells me a few things. It tells me, wow, it's strange. And wow, that's unusual behavior. And wow, that's also a dedication to your job. I'm, of course, talking about Jim Ross. Have you heard this story about Jim Ross? And Jim Ross, obviously, is the voice of everyone's, you know, wrestling memories. By God. Stone Cold. You know, Stunner and all that sort of thing. But Jim was saying that he used to wear dark pants. Intentionally, just because he knew he had no time to use the washroom, so he just pissed himself in the middle of a broadcast. What? You're yeah. lying. Nope. So wait, you're shouting at a man because he used to piss himself on purpose? That is that is dedication to your craft, sir. Doesn't want to miss a second. Stop it. Get some help. And just think of all the times that Jim Ross has had legendary calls. <laughs> Setting his own piss. By God, he killed him. That man is broken in half. I nearly pissed myself. myself. Mrs. Volus, baby boy. I'm sitting in my own pants. Stop the damn match. I gotta gotta change pants. Mercifully, this one is over. By God, good thing I didn't take a shit. Now, is it confirmed only piss, or did he ever shit? I don't, that, I, that I don't know. Neither confirm or deny. He shat himself. <laughs> Why, man? Just get a bottle or something. Or, like, I don't know. I guess you can't really leave the desk. <laughs> and he, I he, never I mean, thought he about was that. Relatively old, right? Like, Jim, I guess when he started, Wear a diaper. he was in his... It's yeah, like I figured the diaper guys. might have been a better idea. F- F- I feel F- like guy. he must. Okay, so like if he was legitimately doing this on a regular basis, a diaper must have been part of diaper. Yeah, it must have yeah. been part of the equation. Yeah. So the black pants that he's talking about, obviously, so they don't show. I mean, he's, it's still a show, but like, I guess he also means that he's wearing a diaper. But, anyways, my shout out goes to Jim Ross for just being a fucking trooper. Um, I'll go next. My shout out is a solemn one. Um. You know, we lost a friend of ours this week. Uh, you know, his name was Anthony Nicometti Jr., uh, better known as Anthony Gaines in the indie wrestling scene of uh, southern Ontario and, and western New York, Buffalo. Uh, he was only 30 years old. Um, Dustin and I worked with him at Smash. He, um, I, Dude, I remember the first time I watched him work. I think we were up north somewhere, and it was in an arena. And he was, it was him and Garcia were, uh, Daniel Garcia, now of AEW fame, were in this, in the, these shows. And I don't know, there was something, like, he was a lot bigger at the time. Like, he was, like, he, he went through, like, a dramatic weight loss, too. Um, 
but like and i was like like this kid's got something because he like he was a he was a pretty big personality um you know he could cut a mean dude he can cut a mean fucking promo if you if you're into wrestling you're into good promos go watch some of old anthony Gaines promos from esw they were really really good um you know just an all-around good dude like i don't know that there's much else to say he was authentic honest you know was just i don't know, you know when they say like one of the good ones uh, i legitimately felt like he was one of the good ones someone you could trust someone you could you know talk to about shit and you know someone who is always very humble and, and thankful for everything um you know like i said in, in a post i hadn't seen him in a couple of years you know being kind of out of the gig and stuff and but he always messaged and asked how my daughter was and you know we joke about some things that we both believed in uh, about wrestling and you know i thought we had something really cool going with him and scotty uh kill screen it took kind of a left turn and didn't end as well as i had hoped but um you know he was just creative open collaborative all around good dude sad to see him go so shout out to anthony gans anthony nicometti jr the kill screen thing i thought was just a perfect use for him it was one like he was just so open, and him and Scotty looked great side by side. They did. Um, Not just sad, that, but like I remember like like the pose that they would do on the entrance. Like Gaines looked like he was like he just looks like like he fit. Like he got the idea and like dude, what he was, he was supposed to be. He was a lost. Be. He was he was he was a lost boy from Neverland, and Scotty was Captain Hook. Like that's that's kind of how I thought about it. Right. Um, just in a creepier way. Um, <laughs> And you're right. The pose they did, like everything clicked with just the two of them. And with Blackwood as kind of like the unwilling member, kind of like Daniel Bryan and the Wyatts, like it looked good. Um, I don't know if you have any like memories or specific things you, you want to touch on, but I always thought it looked great and that was the best. Like I loved using him in that role. The things that like immediately remind me of Gaines, when you ask me about Anthony Gaines, the things I remember is him in kill screen with hacker and that whole thing was snake bitten you know didn't go the way it should have but the other thing was not like a fond memory that he's gonna have that like him it it, it sounds insensitive to laugh at it but like i'm sure he would laugh at it as well when i don't know if you were there for that show but when he dislocated his kneecap oh and he screamed at the top of his lungs like, like he had yeah murdered. like he was screaming i was like yeah. fuck i've never heard someone scream like that before and man just <laughs> i felt so like, again, bad for him too because he was I just getting like, matches in the in the moment obviously you felt horrible about it but like looking back at it now it's kind of funny but no, like that must be like the worst fucking feeling in the world, like the way that his knee up just exploded under him. Yeah, and he was like I said, he was dying to get matches because he wasn't getting matches working like with Scotty, but he was just starting to get some. He was excited about it, and to have it kind of pulled out from under him was. I think that was more like, I think it's a that moment was more being upset and disappointed at what was just happening. Um, but an all around, just all around good dude who was, you know, smiling a lot and stuff. When you were with him, if he liked you, <laughs> if he liked you, um, if he didn't like you, he'd write your name and tell you to your face. Um, so, yeah, bummer. Too young. Yeah, 30 is way too young. Maddie. 
Uh, on a, you know, obviously less solemn note, but um, mine shout out goes to Cody Hodgson. Dude retired in 2016. He was a 10th overall pick by the Vancouver Canucks. He was diagnosed when he retired with a malignant hyperthermian and adverse reaction to medications that kind of messed him up and he had to take some time away. Uh, he's 33 years old and he signed a professional tryout with the Admirals. Uh, and he got his first goal in his third game back. Um, and you know what? He, I think he knows that a shot at the NHL is probably not there. Um, and even if it is, you know, it's probably going to be very fleeting. But just to love the game so much and say, you know what? it was, A lot was taken from him. And to kind of put that effort in to come back and give it another shot and the work that's involved to go, especially coming back from a health thing like that after, what, six years? you know, or for eight years, that's, that's pretty impressive to me anyway. So, you know what, shout out to him because nice to see a guy like that gets, get it. Eight and years get and to score a professional hockey goal is right. very difficult. Yeah. And it's just a cool, I like, to me, it's just a really, really cool story. So big fan of Cody Hodson. He was the captain of the Brampton battalion uh, back when they had a run to the the it was the OHL final I believe when they end up losing they they would have went to the Memorial Cup had they won that game uh he was on he captained the team with him and like Matthew Shane Evgeny mm-hmm. Gratchev was on that team like they, uh, Thomas McCollum I think was a net like they had a really good team that year and Cody was like the guy stirring that drink Hometown and yeah when he too. went when he went tenth overall like we all expected by we all, I mean the people who like following the Branton Battalion. Like we were expecting, like this guy's gonna fucking light up the NHL. And yeah, one injury after another, and like the health issue, like just derailed his career entirely. It's it's cool to see him back at it, and I hope hope he continues on the path, man. Like it's tough for athletes where their entire life is dedicated to this thing, and then it's taken away from you in your prime. That's that's brutal, man. Mm-hmm. So, so it's cool to see him back at it. Yeah. And we'll be back at it one week from today. And we, next week, will have to be talking about some NHL trade deadline news because we will be the last show before the deadline. And maybe we have more clarity what the Maple Leafs are. Maybe we have more clarity on who's available, who's a buyer, and who's a seller. We're going to talk all about that next week. We hope to see you then. But until then, help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered.